Hey, 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 fellas. Hello, Internet. Hello, everybody. I'm back again. Last week, I was very sick. I felt a little bad because I felt also that I was just going crazy the whole time. I wasn't really going crazy. I was more or less just thinking out loud for however 20 minutes or whatever it was. I don't think it really went anywhere. I don't know if anyone got anything out of it, but you know, that's why it was called another episode because that's all I felt it was. That's what I felt the most appropriate title for it would be. And now here we are with another episode week two week. I don't know. I've been going for over a year on this guy now. I'm not sure what episode it is. I stopped counting. It tells me, though, if I look at, like, Google something. Or not Google, uh, the Apple audiobook. Not audiobook. You know what? We're just going to hop right in. <laughs> Apple tells me if I ask them. If I send them a nicely, a formally written letter and, said, and say, Hey, Steve Jobs, how many episodes of my not-a-talk-show podcast are available uh, to the public? And he will write me back and say, I died, like, ten years ago. <laughs> I think it's been more than that, but you, you understand. I can find out if I want to. Don't tempt me, I'll do it. So anyway, jumping right in, I said audiobook on accident because I've been auditioning t- for the reading th- to play the narrating role on a bunch of audiobooks because I felt like I like to talk, I like to say things. I feel like one of my most, uh, what's the word, my strongest talents and abilities, I feel like it's reading aloud. I can read pretty good. And so I've decided I've made a makeshift vocal booth in my closet in this office with some blankets that I got from a local thrift store. It sounds all right. I'm, I'm actually fairly pleased with how it sounds. I've got a microphone and a recorder set up in there, like a voice recorder, not a, not a classic fourth grade hot cross buns situation, but a, a voice recorder. And it's been a lot of fun just getting into it, reading some stuff, seeing what audiobooks are out there that need narrators. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot that I'm going to go for just to go for it, because if I, if I don't get it, that's fine. I auditioned and it was funny. But if I do get it, oh boy, is it going to be a fun time. One of them that was recommended to me based on what I put in uh, as like my ability and skill set is also like the genres I was willing to do. One of them was called Accidentally in Love. I don't remember the rest of the title, but as it is accidentally and the word squid, obviously, uh, it's a play on words there, but it's uh, the story is about a guy whose parents are like super into the occult or something. I thought it was going to just be guy finds squid, guy loves squid kind of thing, but it's not. It's a guy who falls in love with a... It's not Cthulhu, it's some other super, uh, like, obscure deity that's a squid, but yeah, something happens and he falls in love with... uh, Anyway, I just read the audition part of it and thought it was hilarious. Uh, A funny idea, anyway. And then what was the other one? I'm getting a lot of, like, romance stuff. I think a lot of people write romance books because they want to. I think it's a popular topic. I think it's just people really feel the love, you know? I can't remember what the other one was called. It was called like, dang it. I don't remember the title. It was something about forbidden love. It was between like a 21-year-old dude and then like a 60-year-old dude that owns a bar. He's some grizzled cowboy-looking figure. Anyway, I was auditioning to be that guy, (laughs) the 60-year-old. Now, I, I know what you're thinking. I'm not 60 years old, 
and I'm not a gay man, and I'm not a cowboy grizzled figure. So it's basically everything I'm not. However, like I said, I'm out here to have a great time, and I just thought it'd be funny, a good time. If I can play the part also, I can play the part. You know what I mean? I'll take what I can get out here. I'm not trying to occupy any space a minority group would. Obviously, if there's a 60-year-old gay man that's a cowboy out there auditioning for the part, I know whoever wrote the book isn't hearing this right now, but if you are, please pick that guy. He deserves it. He also will have the life experience needed to really give voice to the character. Anyway, it's been a ton of fun. I've been denied for one audiobook, and I have auditioned for like 10, I think. Like 8 to 10? I don't know. I haven't heard back on a bunch of them. But one of them, they told me no. <laughs> and it was one, I mean, I'm just checking myself out there. Like I said, it was for like some cryptocurrency book, which if you know uh, me, I'm huge into cryptocurrency. I, I've spent $10 on it like ten uh, five years ago. <laughs> and that was it. That was my whole experience. But don't tell them that. I'm really into it if they ask. I guess not anymore. I can tell the truth because they denied me for it. But yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff out there in the audiobook realm. I'd also have a lot of fun if that was my job, if I got paid to stand in my closet and read books out loud for people and money. But yeah, that's it. That's what I've been up to lately. That's mainly it. I've been playing a lot of Game Boy games. My man Jeff, I went and saw him a week or two ago. I don't remember now. I was sick. All time is the same to me when I am sick. So uh, Jeff gave me a... One of those handheld emulators I was talking about. One of the deals that lets you play a bunch of Game Boy games in the handheld form factor that uh, the Game Boy was. So I've been having a ton of fun. I've been enjoying a lot of stuff. This is kind of a, a, a recap. A re, we're revisiting the idea of relaxing and just having a good time. And it's all about letting yourself have a good time. I do my thing all day, and then when it hits the evening, I give myself that time to unwind decompress and just have a good time you know play some game boy games also the soundtrack they get out of the game boy man is insane on some of those games pokemon the trading card game 1998 or whatever it was uh the game on game boy color i was uh listening to the soundtrack on that this morning playing a little bit and wow they really it's the interesting part about limitations breeding creativity because you only have like four tracks. You have like a noise track that you make percussion with. You got a bass and then you got two lead tracks. And I don't think you can play any chord kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it's all just monophonic whatever. But yeah, they really crank some tracks on the Game Boy. I'll tell you what. That leads me to the next topic. I received a text message this, this morning from Tim Moss. Friend of the show. Uh, previous guest several times. Love Tim Moss. He, last week I talked about how the whole arena sound system and whatever, you know, how if you're in too big of a space, the audio quality takes a big hit and you hear nothing or you hear a lot of, like I said last time, with the openers for Metallica. Anyway, Tim said, hey, that reminds me of the time we went and saw Beck and the opener sounded like, he, oh, let me read his exact words. I believe it was a fork in a garbage disposal. Opener sounded like a fork in a garbage disposal is exactly what he said. And he was not wrong. We were in, I believe it was Vivint Smart Home Arena. I can't remember. I think it was the basketball stadium. 
up here, which is a little smaller, so they've got that going for them. It's not a football stadium, so they've got a little more time. But uh, just go to show you can still mess it up real bad. It was some uh, some dude from The Strokes, I think. He made another band, and they were opening for Beck, and it was just this whole thing. My next point, I've been thinking a lot about the artist Beck lately. After seeing Metallica with my dad, they talked about going on like a 35th anniversary tour or something like that. I, let me see when they started, because... Uh, Metallica history. I know they've been around forever. My dad, when he lived in Denmark, they were playing some of their first shows uh, in Denmark because their drummer's from there. And he saw their posters and stuff, and they're like his age, and they've been going since then. And my dad lived in Denmark when he was like 19, I think. 1920. But let's see. Yeah, 1981 to present. So they have been going for uh, over... Wow. Is that over 40 years now? I'm a math guy, as you can tell. 91. Yeah, 40 years. So what I'm getting at here is Metallica has made music in the realm of like hard rock. Their earlier stuff was considered thrash metal. It was a little heavier, a little more thrash metal. If you hear some noises, it's my dog. She was kind of out running around. <laughs> And she has this ball that she's annihilating. I'm just saying, if you hear some noises, it's not me chewing on a, a ball. It's my dog. Anyway, Metallica been going for 40 years. They're making a roughly the same kind of music the whole time. And I mean, yeah, they're the same group of guys, and it's the same band, Metallica. And I talked to my dad afterwards. I said, you wonder if they tried to make something else. I know their bass player now, Rob Trujillo, was in a band called Infectious Grooves, which was kind of wild. And he's taking a nap now playing the stuff that he plays for Metallica because it's not notably heavy bass music. Like, he doesn't have to play anything very complicated. Whereas, I believe, from what I listened to of Infectious Grooves previously, it has been a long time, but uh, he has to, he goes crazy on that stuff. So he's very good. But anyway, a bunch of guys playing the same kind of music for a long time. We talked about, you wonder if that hampers their creativity at all. Like, are any of them doing anything else? Or if it's not broken, don't fix it kind of thing. Like, I don't need to release other music because Metallica pays for everything that I will ever do for the rest of my life kind of stuff. And it's, I mean, it's admirable. They did it. They uh, made a bunch of music, made a bazillion dollars. Everyone knows who Metallica is now, I feel like. Everyone's heard the name, at least. But what if they just wanted to do something else? Like, what if the singer was like, here's my indie rock <laughs> slash funk electronica band? I feel like everyone would think it was strange. I think also, though, you have to take into account his history and the influences that would lead into that kind of thing coming from a member of Metallica making something that's very not Metallica music. What I'm saying is, it's just interesting to me, because how can they be making the music now for the love of the game, the love of the art form of music? Because it's, if they can sell out an arena and bazillions of people show up and they make a bunch of money to play music that they were playing 40 years ago, I don't know. It's like a, you can, that's a pretty steady job if you can pull that off. So... Props to him. Great, great job. 
But I just wonder about their creativity, if they're in it to be creative, to because it's a rinse and repeat kind of thing. I, I don't imagine there's a ton of variation to each live show they put on. Whereas thinking about the artist Beck, I've seen him twice, I believe. Yeah, twice. And both times, both shows were radically different. Because throughout his career, you can tell it's Beck through all the stuff he's put out. When was he? He was kind of the same time frame, I think. If I look up Beck here, Wikipedia, the source of all knowledge. Beck started 1988, so he's a little late to the game as far as... Uh, oh, children, too. Sorry, I read spouses on Beck's thing here, and I thought it said his second spouse was named Two, and I thought that was a very interesting maneuver. But anyway, Beck... Wow, his actual name is Beck, but it's spelled B-E-K. He added a C for his artistic title. But all of his stuff is so wildly different and just kind of crazy and out there. And that's one thing where I, I hear his stuff and seeing him perform and everything and how different the music was every time. Like one of the times he covered uh, Sugar Hill Gang, one of, yeah, his bass player. I can't remember if they did, he did that both times. But he did a bunch of stuff just like that was obviously he was out there just kind of goofing around and making music and doing whatever. And if you look at all his stuff, most of the time, the only person credited on like songwriting, production, everything is him. Like he's just out there doing what he wants. And it's very obvious in his music as well that he's doing whatever he wants because it's very different from basically every time he put something out. It was, it was pretty, pretty off the wall as far as what else was going on in the world at the time. And I think that's there, there are two people that, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't mind making all the money from music and the music he makes, but at the same time, he's just like, I'm going to just do what I feel like. I'm going to make some music, and it's going to be music that I like and that I want to make, and that's it. Whereas with Metallica, their creativity, it, it seems like they are just going, you know? They did the one thing, and they're like, we can make money doing that, and we'll do it. It reminds me of David Byrne from The Talking Heads. Within his solo career, obviously Talking Heads, enormous. Maybe he wrote a lot of good music for Talking Heads, but in his solo career, it's the same thing. I heard in an interview with him, he said, you know what? I, I've had people come to me and say, we can do this, we can make you a bazillionaire if you just do what we say and whatever. And he's like, nah, I'm going to make the music I want to make, and it's going to be what I want it to be exactly. And he's done that, and he's had varying success with that because some of the stuff is a little weird and not palatable by a mainstream audience. I don't even like all of it. I try to say, ooh, I have a really expanded taste in music or whatever. But some of the stuff he makes is just kind of, it's a little even too weird for me. And I like stuff that sounds like it was recorded on a boombox with a guy screaming at a 1990s microphone that might work. But it, it's a little, I bought a tape. I found a David Byrne tape and I was like, ooh, I'll buy that. I like David Byrne a lot. And it was just, it, I haven't made it through the whole tape. It was okay. It wasn't my thing. But he has some other stuff that I'm like, ooh, yeah. The moral of the story here that I'm trying to say with art is, is interesting. <laughs> I guess I don't have a real moral of the story on this one. 
with Beck and with uh, Metallica and everybody. It's just like, I enjoy the David Byrne approach. And I mean, also, if you think about it, Metallica's got a lot of writing on it because I'm sure they live a luxurious lifestyle and have a lot of expensive taste now that they make a gazillion dollars. And so it's like, hey, you can either do whatever you want. Like David Byrne, he mentioned that sometimes he had uh, financially harder times than others. You can do that and kind of take a swing at your future, or you can be comfortable and do the same thing that people already like. And I think Beck kind of did both. <laughs> he made it. He made all the money. He did everything he wanted to do. It all worked out, and he made weird stuff. Beck's stuff, though, is more palatably weird. It's weird for people who are trying to be weird, I think. It's easier to palate there. I don't know if what I'm trying to say came across the right way, but... I've just been thinking a lot about making stuff and if I like it. And I get in my head, I've talked about this a million times, about just thinking about, hey, who's going to like this? Does, will someone enjoy this? And there's a song I've been working on lately where it's not really going a whole lot of places. I'm, it's, I feel like it's, it's done, I guess, as much as it can be done, like completed. But I keep thinking, like, oh, it needs to go here. It needs to have more variation in whatever. It needs to do this. And it's like, again, I'm not, I don't have anything to lose here. I'm literally going to put it on a tape and I'm going to hide them around the Salt Lake area, the downtown Salt Lake area. So if you're trying to hear any of my music, finding it is going to be most of the fun. And then playing it on a cassette player that you may or may not have. So good luck out there. I don't know if I'll even tell anyone. I might just hide it and then see what happens i might uh put my google voice phone number oh i'm gonna say it on there that's actually a really good idea i'll save that for later but yeah we'll see what happens with that have a good time have fun i've been having fun allowing myself to relax uh there's a lot of stuff i want to work on as well just creatively that i want to do and i was talking to my guy will as i do almost every day <laughs> The other day, and I was telling him, because we send TikToks back and forth a lot, and I told him, hey, I'm not trying to ignore you or anything, but I won't see your TikTok messages because I've deleted all the social media apps on my phone because there's some stuff I want to work on. And I find myself too often just getting sucked into the void of my phone. And he said, oh, yeah, no big deal. Hopefully you can uh, you find a way to be a little more balanced. Not in like a, your life is a balance kind of thing. He just was like, yeah, hopefully it works out for you. Hopefully, hopefully you work on your stuff and eventually you can do it all without worrying about it. Which I'd love to do. I'd love to have a more healthy relationship with social media to where I feel like it doesn't just consume an hour of my day at a time out of nowhere. Like I don't plan on it. It just happens to me, which I'll take responsibility. I do it. I get the quick dopamine hit and my brain's like, keep going, brother. We will, we like that one. <laughs> we like that maneuver. But I, I've been thinking a lot about balance, about doing things in a balanced way. And part of me thinking about luxury or doing things that are good for me or good for my mental health or things that I want to do, I think about not being balanced. I feel, I, I think about, ooh, I'm going to take a break and just play a lot of video games. Or I'm going to treat myself and eat an entire party-sized bag of hot Cheetos. Now, thinking about it, 
realistically, I would be very sad, and I have been in the past when I've spent a ton of time. I'm going to be honest, though. I spent like I spent a lot of time playing the new Pokemon game when it came out. I was not very sad about it, and sometimes that happens. But I think it's because it was within the realm of the rest of my life. I'm pretty balanced, I think, in a lot of ways. I have a good morning routine. I've gotten into a good cleaning routine, keeping my, our house up. But I need to be more balanced with how I spend my time, I think, because I get sucked into stuff way too easily. I can spend way too long just doing nothing. And I'd like to be more productive. And by more productive, I don't mean big boy capitalism telling me make money with all of your efforts. I just want to do what I want to do without getting mega distracted because I'm excellent at getting super distracted and then doing something that I don't really care about as opposed to I have the time right now. I could do something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And instead of doing it, I will just squander my time. So balance. Within time management. Time management has been something I've struggled with my whole life. And I will probably always struggle with. And I'm just going to accept that and then do my best to work with it. So that's where I'm going to leave you on this one. That's uh, that's all we're going to say about that. In the, the wise words of Forrest Gump, that's that's the end of the, the show. Uh, if you liked the episode, that's cool. Did, uh, you don't have to do anything about it. <laughs> if you want to send me an email and tell me anything you want, there are no parameters here. My guy Paul, I think I mentioned a couple months back, wrote me like a 10-paragraph just conglomeration of his thoughts. More or less, uh, not a talk show, the Pauldcast. It was more or less what it was. It was just uh, him going for it. And I love that. I'm a fan if you want to send me just thoughts, if you want to send me things that you don't care about, or things that you do care about, or just unfiltered opinions about who cares what. This is a judgment-free zone. If you killed someone, I'll turn you into the police. We'll catch you next time. See ya. I'm coming back just to say I didn't say the name of the uh, the uh, email. Not a talk show podcast at gmail.com. I'm serious about turning, in, turning you into the police. I'll catch you later.